Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed, and I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for coming on board the Firetime Podcast, the podcast that is by the hearth industry and for the hearth industry. It's crazy to think that we're we're getting into this thing now, where we've heard from some awesome guests and there's been some good content on every episode. You know, today it's funny because we get to talk to someone that I've known for nearly 10 years, and she's someone I actually talk with multiple times a week because she's one of the vendors that my company buys from. And the theme of today's episode is excellence, organization, and productivity. And as I was thinking about this topic and how crucial it is for our industry, I instantly thought about Heather. And I was like, I got to get her on board to talk about this. Because if you don't know Heather Smith, you're going to find out that she knows what it takes to be productive and excellent in her job. And a lot of that stems from her attention to detail and organization. Now, in today's episode, this is going to get really, really practical. You know, there's sometimes like I can get really philosophical and I love to talk in theory and direction and big picture and stuff like that. But today is really, really granular. So get out your pen, get out a notepad. And as this conversation goes, it would be worth writing down a couple things that you're going to try because we get into email inbox, we get into time management, we get into different productivity pieces that are very, very simple. And they're things that if you put into place will change the way that you work so that you're starting to work intentionally and on purpose. And that actually breeds a culture of excellence in your company. So with all of that said, we'll circle back at the end to talk it over. But in the meantime, here is my conversation with Heather Smith. Joining me all the way from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, she works in inside sales at Associated Energy Systems of Kent, Washington. She's the most thorough person I've met in this industry and far and away the best multitasker. I am joined by Heather Smith. <laughs> How you doing, Heather? I'm good. How are you? Good. You like that introduction? That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah? I think you live up to it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's great to have you with us on the Firetime Podcast. And to start things out for people that don't know you, what is it specifically that you do at AES? I am inside sales in a nutshell. I'm, we're answering phones. We're technical. We're customer service. We are taking orders. We're trying to help assist with orders, answer questions. It's, it's a whole array of things. So you're cleaning up the messes of outside salespeople like me. We just go out and sell it and then you clean up all, you, you clean up the dead bodies behind, right? That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. How long have you been doing that for? 21 years this August. 21 years. Wow. Did you ever see yourself um, doing that, you know, for such a long time and, and making this your career? Um, I don't know when I, I saw it as a full-time, you know, all the time career. I started in the accounting department and I think after a year of that, or actually maybe six months, I was like, uh, I think I'm ready to go, you know, do something else within the company. And then they put me into sales. Wow. And I was there for about two and a half years and then went back to accounting to help out because they had a need for me there. And then two and a half, three years later, back to sales. And I've been there ever since. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and I heard a funny story. I want you to verify if this is the truth or not. But my friend Don Pierce was telling me that like, 
I don't know, I guess it would have been 21 years ago, that he was at a McDonald's and he saw this young girl running the whole show, like helping multiple cars through the drive-thru, directing traffic in the back, helping customers up front, and all with like a huge smile on her face. And he thought to himself, she has to come to work for us. Is that, <laughs> is that really how they got you? No, that's hilarious though. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I started at McDonald's. I was in high school and I was there for two and a half years. And when I left there, I was a swing manager. And I told Don Pierce that because when you're there, you are multitasking. You're on fries, you're on flipping burgers, you're in the drive through. And especially at night when you're closing down, you have to multitask. You're taking care of a whole plethora of things. And so he says, well, maybe that's where we need to find our people is at McDonald's. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> legit. Um, and so that's a, that's a good dovetail into this next question because I know a number of years ago, so AES is based in Kent, Washington, and you're in Idaho now. So, you know, a number right. of years ago, uh, you can fill in the backstory, but, but your family had to move out of state. And I would imagine that that's like a tough situation for you. You're trying to figure out what to do. You have this conversation with AES and they go, no, you can't, you can't leave us. We're going to, you know, buy you remote equipment so that you can do the same job from your house in Idaho. What was that? What was that process like? Uh, my, my dad had actually passed away. And so my mom was over here. They had moved over several years previous. And so we didn't want my mom to be alone. And we'd always kind of wanted to be over here before my dad passed away, but that just kind of amplified it a little. And my husband got a job and my meeting with Kirk Newby and said, here's what's happening. I'd love to take my job with me, you know, let me know. And he was like, well, yeah. <laughs> Dang. So next thing I knew I had equipment and I was taking my whole setup with me and plugging in. Yeah. That's awesome. And I remember it was so funny because at the time I was working for a different company than Fireside. And I think, I don't know, I, I think I must've found out like three or four months after you were over there that I was like, oh no, Heather's, she's not in the office anymore. She's actually in Idaho. But the transition was seamless. I mean, it was like you were doing the same job. It felt like I was talking to you in Kent, but you were, you know, one or two states away doing that. <laughs> I, I just, I think that that's awesome that a company that you were so excellent at that company that when a situation like this came up, that they wanted to work with you to try to figure out what can we do to hold on. I thought it was great. I, um, I honestly didn't think that they would let me stay. I thought that they would be like, well, you know, we're not really, we're not doing remote. Uh, so when they were like, well, yeah, no big deal. I was, I was high-fiving. I mean, it was fantastic. And it's just segued into a whole bunch of people because Shasta, she's now moved to Arizona. She's working remotely. We took over um, Even Temp and we have two people working remotely there now. So, I mean, it's just really set the stage for it can be done. Yeah. You can do your job from home. Yeah, totally. Well, so moving into the heart of today's interview, you know, there's a lot of people that we're having on this podcast. And the reason I wanted to talk to you is I want to talk about the theme of excellence. Because what I said in the introduction is really true. I think that of anyone I've met in the hearth industry, I think you are one of the most thorough and definitely the best multitasker. And so what I want to talk to you about is like, you've been put in this position where, you know, you've moved to a different state, they've moved remote equipment out, they've, they've done that because of the level of excellence that you bring to the table. And as, as I've talked to other dealers and other clients of AESs, I mean, there's people that like, you're a legend with customers that they'll wait on hold to talk to you rather than be helped by someone else immediately because they know that you'll get the job done and you'll take care of them. But I just want to ask, is there anything intentional that you've done to um, just cultivate that excellence in your role? I think I want dealers to know that I want, I'm going to take care of them the way that I would like to be taken care of when I call a vendor. You know, what? I'll go above and beyond with information. They'll ask for a part number. 
okay, I'm going to give you a part number, price, um, your cost, and then the ETA if we don't have it in stock. So it's what information would I like when I'm talking to someone? And so that's how I, that's how I do my job. That seems too simple. I mean, you're just like paying, <laughs> you're paying attention to the details and you're giving them what you think you would want if you're in the same right. situation. <laughs> yep. But I feel like not many people do that. Like where did the switch flip to think like, okay, I should go above and beyond with this. It, uh, it will stem back to McDonald's days. I mean, I know that sounds funny, but the whole, would you like fries with that? It's customer service. So being in the drive-through and you're taking an order, uh, you learn how to communicate. Again, it's remote, right? Because it's a drive-through, even though they're not that far away. But when you go then take that service to the front counter, it's the same thing. Well, did you want to supersize that? Well, did you want, you know, fries? Do you need a shake to go with that? I mean, it's, you carry that whole customer service attitude forward with you um, from job to job. So it's just something that I've been trained to do from job number one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that I want to ask, you know, obviously you're a woman, you've been in this industry for a long time and this industry is really male dominated. I mean, I would say easily three quarters of the people in it are dudes, but is, has it been, has it been tough to come up as a woman in like a male dominated industry? What's that been like? It, it was, I mean, it's, it's a struggle. Um, even now I'll get somebody on the phone who really, you know, they don't want to talk to me because I'm not the guy that they thought they were going to get for technical support. <laughs> You just try to win them over with your knowledge. Um, sometimes it, it, they just, they won't. But it's, I think, proving yourself when you can bring forth the knowledge that they're looking for. Uh, a huge help for me was I went through the Majestic Vermont Castings training up in Mississauga. I want to say maybe my third or fourth year with AES. And that was huge. I mean, absolutely huge. Uh, John Wallace at Wallace Stoves, I actually answered a question for him. It was, the problem was the thermocouple. And we were talking and talking. I go, I'm telling you, John, I worked on this unit. They made all these units go bad with all these specific problems. And it was a thermocouple. Okay, Heather, I'm going to try it. And he came back. He goes, I'm calling you for everything. Yes. He was like, you knew the answer. I can't believe it was the thermocouple. Yeah. <laughs> so proving yourself over and again, it's over and over and over. Yeah. Not, it's not just a one-time shot. Yep. Like, it seems like a tough road. I mean, it definitely seems like in a male-dominated industry, you have to prove that you know what you're talking about. But I, I do feel like there are, like, not many, but there are some women in our industry that, like, they're just looked at as pillars now, where it's like, oh, yeah, of course they know everything. And I feel like for me and my sales team, you know, we've been desperate to be able to bring females in because our industry just needs it. I think that there's, you know, it can be very easy as a guy to uh, just graze over a lot of details. The guys don't tend to be as detail-oriented. You know, we can we can graze over and not listen the way that we should. And I think it's cool, um, you know, people like you and other women in our industry that have proven that, like, you can win in a male industry and you do know what you're talking about. I think that that's just inspiring for a lot of people. Yeah, there's, there, I, there's some role models out there. I mean, you've got, you know, the Jennifer Fisk. You've got um, Deb Hannig, yeah. uh, Sue Chulos. Sue Duran. I mean, there's, there's several women in the industry who just, they know so much and it's inspiring. They're the ones who inspire me to do better too. They're the ones who paved the way, you know, Leah Hauer. I mean, there, there's so many, um, it's awesome. Yeah. And I just hope they continue to inspire other women because we, we do know what we're talking about, <laughs> even if people don't want to hear it. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Well, I ask you, I mean, you got 21 years in the industry. You've obviously been, you know, just a legend with your customers. But what would you say to women in this industry who 
aren't feeling recognized for what they offer? Don't worry about the recognition so much. I don't think it matters how you look doing your job. I think it matters how you do your job. So just be, be you, constantly be you, and don't, don't look for that recognition because it's going to make you bitter. <laughs> so just, yeah, just be you and do the best job that you know how to do. Yep. Um, so one thing that's, that's funny, and this just goes back to proficiency and excellence. So what I'm always shocked about, and I think that the, the tough thing in our industry, especially as margins are getting tighter, the internet's creeping in, and uh, companies are having to rethink what value it is they bring to the table for consumers. And for instance, in a sales aspect, you know, my price really isn't a value point for customers. They can go online and find a price. They can go online and find a product if they want to order it. The expertise I bring to the table is the specific knowledge for their situation, installation, troubleshooting, that sort of thing. And all companies are having to kind of rethink their value proposition. And with a distributor like yours, I feel like there's so many distributors that don't follow through with their customers. They quote stuff in a way that's not accurate. Stuff shows up and it's shipped wrong. And so the value that a distributor like AES brings to the table is, you know, a great on-time complete percentage, very responsive sales reps, technical support, and that sort of thing. And where I'm going with that is that every time I talk to you and I need a quote on something or I'm asking you about a price, you know, before we hang up the phone in my inbox, I've got all that right there. Like you were talking about, I've got like the brochure, I've got the price page, I've got the quote for it. And you know, what's your, what's your secret to being so proficient with that stuff and to not just saying, Oh, I'll just email it to him in an hour or I'll get it to him at the end of the day. How, how is it that you've ingrained the mentality to always do things right away? Oh yeah. I, when I'm, when something comes across my desk, I want to accomplish it, get it done and move it to the side and move on to the next thing. It'll be in the the back of my mind, especially if it's a quote, you know, I'm looking for, is it going to come back? Has it come back? You know, check in with the customer. Are we ready to turn this into an order? If I haven't heard anything, I pull up a price page to make sure we've got everything. That's my biggest, my biggest worry is that an order will go wrong. So I, even though I've been here a long time, (laughs) I pull up a price page. I make sure we've hit every nook and cranny and is there anything missing and some dealers will already be on top of it some of them appreciate it because you know they weren't as familiar and so they're glad they're going to have a complete install but I don't want anybody getting a quote that is halfway or you know incomplete because then you're going to get your product and you're going to be like well I'm, I needed the log set or you know why didn't you say anything so I I really really pride myself on making sure we get everything that's needed at the time that it's being done because then it's fresh in your mind. You're going to get that quote and you're going to look at it and be like, Oh, I forgot about this thing. So if I, if I waited on it and you got it later, it's not fresh in your mind anymore. So I've, I've missed that spot. Yeah. Well, and that goes to, I mean, almost the sales aspect that you're in an inside sales role, which, you know, in some companies that just means you're the order taker, but you're talking about a real sales edge that you're keeping the customer's momentum because if they're already thinking about it, if it's on their mind and then the quote shows up, they're probably way more likely to order it than if it shows up two hours later or the next day and the dealer has forgotten about it and moved on to something else. It's like you're trying to keep that customer's momentum. Well, right. And I don't know if a customer's in the showroom, you could be talking to them at that particular moment in time and you're going through it with me on the phone while they're sitting right there. I don't know that unless they say something, but I'm assuming if you're trying to make a sale, it's happening right then. And so I want to make sure it's real time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My old boss, Scott Ongley, always used to say, 
thoroughness is next to godliness. And it, it has <laughs> taken me years to to truly appreciate what that means. And but I think it's the truth. And so have you always been so thorough in what you've done? Like does it just come naturally or have you intentionally worked to grow that? I've worked to grow it. I mean, it's still a work in progress. It's not perfect. I mean, products are always changing. You know this. <laughs> no product line ever stays the same. It's always changing. I'm always learning. So it's trying to stay ahead of the game and stay on top of it and be as thorough as I can with every quote and order or question that's being asked of me. It's important. It is. Yeah. So what do you do to stay sharp then? Stay knowledgeable. That Again, having a price page right in front of me that's knowledge right in my face as I'm going. Or if I don't know the answer while someone's talking to me, I could be typing up an email to the vendor over here while they're asking the question that I don't know the answer to. (laughs) I'm sending it off hoping while I'm on this phone call, I'm going to get that answer right back. And five times out of 10, I will, which is awesome. So then they have the answer before they go on their merry way. Sure. So with how busy you are and how much multitasking you have, do you have any time management practices that you execute on on a regular basis? I am constantly prioritizing, reprioritizing. Uh, there's emails that are constantly popping up in my face. And I'm always looking, you know, who is it that, that's emailing me? Because like if I just talked to you five minutes ago and I see an email, email from you pop up, uh, I'm going to just take a quick peek at it, especially if it's something we've been communicating on. And that kind of takes priority. So I versus a fax order that maybe just came in because maybe it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I've got a little bit of time. But yeah, I'm trying to hit every email. As soon as it pops in, I've at least glanced at it. Yeah. And then that's how I prioritize my next move. So with your two to 300 emails a day, do you try to get your inbox down to zero by the end of every day? Or how do you, how do you prioritize oh, yeah. your inbox? It's at zero by the end of the day. And I have reminders set for things that I may need to be checking up on the next day. So it may not be complete, but everything has been looked at mm-hmm. and it has been dealt with in some manner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now this is a tangent. Are you using Outlook for that? I am. Oh, you are? And do you, are you flagging emails and, and using them out of your task list? Is that how you do your reminders and stuff? Um, I set reminders. I don't, I think it does go through task, but then I also set other tasks specifically. So they may not be emails, but I'll just go in and set my own tasks yeah. for reminders. Mm-hmm. A huge shift for us that we made progress in down the or a number of years back was, uh, was operating out of our task list rather than our inbox. And yeah, the inbox is, is really tricky because it's a whirlwind and sometimes you can get sucked into it and not come out the other side. And so I think that having a strategy, like I like, I like the zero inbox by the end of every day, but some strategy of how am I going to prioritize? How am I going get to get to the bottom of this is, is really good for email. So that's cool. You're doing that. Oh yeah. And I archive at the end of every day. So I've got reminders set up for any emails that need to stay and I archive the rest of them and they go into my archive inbox folder. So actually, my deleted folder is always empty. I never delete anything. It's always either in my inbox or my sent folder. So I only have two folders to check at any given time. Yeah. And you got full, which makes it nice. full record of everything then. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so you're an inside salesperson at AES. I want to just ask you, why is the role of inside salespeople so critical for a business? I mean, you have your outside salespeople who are out in the field. They don't always have access to their computer at the moment that they're talking to someone. And it doesn't make them as attentive when they're doing it. I think it's very key. It's a very key role. One thing that we found that works for us is like if Rick's going out to um, 
uh, do a bid or do a quote for someone uh, for just showroom display, he'll actually get me what he's thinking he wants to do. He'll actually send me a spreadsheet. Here's what I want to do. We'll put together a whole quote and either I'll send it to him and he'll have it in his pocket or he'll wait for the right moment and say, okay, hit send. And then I've, I send the quote off. And it, I mean, seven times out of 10, it's approved. Oh, perfect. So it's, it's a, that's why I said that team, it can really go well for you. If you have a plan of action, it can be just amazing. And if you just keep with that momentum, it's awesome. So it sounds to me like he's got the little red button. It's like almost in the movie. It's like you get the little red button under the desk that so you push the button. It's like, okay, now she sends the email. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Now I know why I always buy so much product from you guys. Every time I get that email. <laughs> No, that's, that's a really good idea. I mean, the teamwork approach, even, even down to, yeah, that's, I, I've never even thought about that inside of a meeting. It's really good. So the last thing I want to ask you as a parting shot, what's one thing that someone who struggles with their performance in this industry can do to change? So if, if someone is struggling with details, if they're struggling with their follow through, what's one thing they can put into practice to start to move the needle? Organization. So if they can figure out how to organize the job that they have going on, Uh, Like with the email we talked about, setting the reminders, the task reminders, things you know you can do later, prioritizing and organization are the two key elements of being able to do your job and do it correctly. And that will bleed over into your quotes and your ordering and catching mistakes. Wow. Okay. So prioritization and organization. Now I want to grind this down and get even more practical. So if someone's (laughs) listening and they're working for, you know, a a mom and pop dealer and they feel like their, their job is on the line, they're, they're trying to figure this out. So if you're, if you're in a, in a sales role, where would you start for organization? How would you have them start? Starts with your desk. I mean, honestly, if you've got an organized desk, you are not going to be cluttered in your mind. So for me, my desk is usually really, really clean. And everything I have is on my desktop. Even my desktop icons are set up in an arrow drop down. So I have my, I don't even have anything on my desktop. It's completely clear. And what it does is it frees your brain, in my opinion, because you're not trying to see so many things all at the same time. So I always try to keep everything really, really clean, organized, tidy. I only have open what it is that I'm doing. I may open an item inquiry screen 50,000 times in one day. But it's because if it's in my way, I feel like there's something I should have been doing. And I'll be racking my brain trying to figure it out. So I only keep the screens open that I'm using. It sounds like focus is really critical. Absolutely. To be efficient and fast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of focus. And, I, and I, I'm with you on the icons. I try to keep a pretty clean desktop. But it, it's tough when you're in a retail setting and you're trying to work on a quote and you have another phone call coming in. Um, when it comes to the prioritization part of it, so let's, let's say that you're someone that's got like a, a task list that you feel like you're just overwhelmed in. Where would you start as far as prioritizing it? What's the system of, of doing stuff in the right order? It depends. <laughs> Sometimes I will do the absolute most difficult thing first because then it makes everything else go so much faster. So I'll grab the thing that I think was going to take me the most time and I'll just dive into it and I'll just take care of it, get done with it. And then the next thing's down, just go ching, 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 ching. And it just starts to, it frees you up really good. Whereas if you do the small stuff first, you're still left with that one looming over your head. (laughs) So I I try to get that one out of the way first. I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, do you plan your days like the night before or the morning before? Uh, well, everything's pretty clean. So when I come in, yeah, first thing I do is I go through my email inbox and then I check any reminders, check voicemail or whatever. But yeah, I just kind of have a routine of coming in like a half hour early. I'm pretty sure I don't even clock in. <laughs> yeah. But I just go through and I, for my own, I like to go through and just fine tune everything. Sure. 
I'll open up a bunch of emails. So it puts yeah. you in a spot when the day starts that you're ready to go. Exactly. One of the one of the best changes that I've made, and it's so simple. I got it from Dave Ramsey in his book, Entree Leadership, and I'm sure he didn't invent it. But basically, is if you can take 15 minutes to plan your day, you're going to be like 30% more productive than if you just, at whatever time you start, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, you just jump into the whirlwind. So what I've been trying to do is just take 15 minutes either the night before, the morning before, look at all the stuff I have tomorrow and just go through the priorities and basically mark them as A, B, or C priorities. So just if yep. it's an A priority, put an A by it. If it's a B, put a B by it. And by the end, say so you got 15 things to do, really only four of them are probably A-list tasks. And then he has you right. go through your A's and rank them one to four. So you got A1, A2, A3, A4. And then that's the order that I, I try to do stuff in. So if I only get four things done for the day, they're going to be my four A priorities rather than getting done a whole bunch of C-level stuff that might look better when you check it off the to-do list. But in reality, right. it didn't move the needle. Is that kind of what you were talking about with attacking like the, the difficult thing first? Exactly. Yeah. I just go through and I get, like you said, I'll open up all my emails and the ones that are just going to take a second, I'll just deal with them, deal with them. And I open them up so they're just cascaded. And then I'll go through and I, I, I know which ones they were. So I'll go through and I'll hit my little arrow down and it will show me all the titles. And I'll be like this email right here. <laughs> and I'll grab that one and take care of it. Where was the next one I was thinking? That one. And I'll just go through them all and then I'll take them in order. So there's the few that you just go, that's going to be a minute. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And so one thing I want to bounce off you also, so the, the email philosophy that we teach our, our sales teams is that if an email comes in, you know, it's tough because it can distract what you were doing. It can make you lose your train of thought. But in reality, if you can deal with an email in 30 seconds or less, I tell my team, just deal with it. So if, if, yep. if, if it comes in 30 seconds or less, just fire off a quick response and move on. But if it's going to take longer than 30 seconds, don't deal with it. Finish what you were doing and go back and intentionally deal with it at a later time. That's given us at least like a little bit of priority with the way to keep an inbox clean. How's that sound to you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I'm like Wally or uh, Corey, they'll shoot me an email. Hey, I need a quote on a 30 inch log set with a burner and SPK. While I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I'm over here <laughs> piping in this quote, shooting it off to Wally. Here's your quote number, Wally. <laughs> so it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Firing those off because it, it frees you up when you just finish up this other phone call. Yep. You're now on to the next thing. Yeah, totally. And it is interesting with the volume of emails that you get with with our sales team. We have a little bit more structure where we can we can say, okay, I'm going to spend an hour on my inbox at this point of the day, an hour on my inbox at this point of the day. You can't really do that. You kind of always have to have it open because of all that stuff coming in. But I think that a lot of people that are listening to this have not figured out how to conquer their inbox. And I think that what I'm trying to get to is we all have different roles and different jobs, but if we don't figure out how to be intentional with our email, we will be crippled by it. Oh, for sure. Oh, I've seen people be crippled by their email. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't imagine not being able to get back to everything that's happened in my inbox. Even if it's just a quick, I'm going to check on that for you and I'll get back to you. I, I have to answer them all there. I just could not go through the whole day, not answering one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, Heather, this has been awesome. You've just brought some amazing insight to the table and I'm so excited <laughs> that you did it. So first of all, thank you for being with us. Second of all, how can people get a hold of AES? Because you guys cover like the whole country now, don't you? <laughs> we are through the Midwest, yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. So if you're, uh, is the Midwest, is that like west of the Mississippi maybe? It's like Wisconsin and then south all the way to Texas. We have Arkansas, 
Um, trying to think Oklahoma. I mean, we're getting there. It can be reached at 800-682-9722 or on our website, www.aes4home.com. Awesome. Well, Heather, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tim. It was great. Yeah, we'll see you later. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you guys got as much value out of that conversation as I did. I thought it was so cool just being able to dive in really practically and talk about ways that we can be better organized, which will lead to higher productivity and ultimately make us excellent at what we do. I thought Heather did a really, really good job of that. Now, a couple things that I want to point out. Number one, when you listen to Heather talk, she has a smile on her face the entire time that she is talking. And I'll tell you guys, you know, sometimes you answer the phone and it sounds like they're calling up the morgue. Hello, this is Joe. How can I help you today? There is a tangible difference when you answer the phone with a smile on your face than when you don't. Customers can tell. So I hope you guys pick that up from the way that she talked because she's only speaking remotely with people. She's not talking face-to-face. So if you walk away from anything today, answer the phone with a smile on your face. You're going to sound like Heather. Now, number two, she has an infectious laugh. Customers like it when you laugh with them. So don't be afraid to laugh at their jokes. So smile and laugh. It's going to make such a big difference as you're talking with consumers. And I hope that you can put in place some of the practices we talked about in regards to the inbox control or prioritization. I mean, I will tell you guys that that little tool that I picked up from Dave Ramsey on a task list is so simple, but it makes such a big difference. If you can look at all your tasks before the day starts, mark your A-level priorities, your B-level priorities, your C-level priorities, then go through and rank them in importance and then start working on the list. A1, A2, A3, A4. Okay, boom, I'm done with my A's. Now I go to B1, B2. You know what? At the end of the day, you're going to get less things done, but they're going to be higher impact tasks. And I can't tell you how freeing it is to get done the two A-list priorities that you just need to get done that have been looming over your head rather than put those things off because they're hard and get done 10 to 15 things that are just B or C level and really don't move the needle for your company. So with all that said, I hope that you can listen to this episode and gain some amazing tips for excellence and productivity so that you can thrive in your company and become better and better at what you do. Well, that's all the time that we have today. We're so thankful that you stopped by and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough slow is fast and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to we'll see you next time